I'll go first. So I have first curious, joy, adventurous. All right. So in the front, I have uh, serious, uh, caring, and hardworking. It's different than the front. The things that we don't let people see. So you're you're first. Uh, how about you want to share some of the back? With the back, I wrote victim, hyper-rational, intense. I put my fingers over here before, so I kind of smeared it, but I can read it. It says a uh, uh, fear of failure, um, sadness about death, and a brother's mental health. <sighs> right on, man. Well, the, the show is already recording, so we're already in it, but we'll, we'll probably edit that out. Or who knows? That may be part of the... <laughs> Get ready. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Taking Out the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Uh, today's guest is Jason Gant. Uh, Jason is a wellness professional. Um, he's the creator of My Village Tribe. Um, he's done some really amazing work in the mindfulness space. Um, but today's conversation was really about these masks. Um, one thing I'm really excited about, um, and you'll hear us talk about, is that Jason was one of our coaches this past summer at the Social Emotional Leadership Academy, working with our young men. And it was a really meaningful experience. They really looked forward to meeting with him each week and having that space just to do some introspection, some reflection, um, some meditation and some relaxation uh, was really powerful for the young men. And so uh, I'm excited that we finally got together on this conversation. He was actually training the young men who actually launched the podcast back in the summer. So it's really great, great to have him on the podcast. Um, and um, we look forward to hopefully you enjoying this episode as well. Um, if you're not able or have not yet made a mask, we invite you to make a mask at 100kmasks.com. That's 100, the letter K, masks.com, and be a part of this movement. And what you will see really soon is we're going to be launching the Million Mask Movement Peer Mentoring Project. It's actually already launched, but uh, we're going to hopefully have a big, real launch um, that will hopefully um, help you to see this movement in its um, most really elemental form, working with students who are interested in helping their peers. Um, this Saturday coming up, you will see a documentary screening of Beyond Men and Masculinities, where our work, my work, and the Million Mask Movement is featured um, we hope that you will be able to make it to that screening. You can find information on that on our website, everforwardclub.org, or you can um, go to social media and get information about that. We really appreciate you being a part of this journey with us, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, man. Well, welcome, Jason. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I am so glad you joined us. Uh, glad to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, listen, the way we start the show always is we invite our guests to introduce themselves. So, you know, like tell folks what you want them to know about you, um, you know, take a, a minute or so and just like tell them what you're up to. Like, wh who are you? And and then we'll jump in um, to the to the work. 
Yeah, sure, certainly. Uh, so my name is Jason Gant, born and raised in San Francisco and went to UC Berkeley for undergrad, studied public health, went on to USF, University of San Francisco, to get my master's in behavioral health and also global entrepreneurial management, which led me to living and studying in Spain and Taiwan during that year. And then I followed that up with getting certified in mindfulness by the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. And so I am a, I'm currently an athletic mental skills coach, working with AAU athletes, junior college athletes, and NCAA athletes on mental skills for being in the moment during intensity. And so in particularly in talking about athletics, intensity is competition. And so athletes like to compete. So how do they stay in the fire and compete during intense moments when the game's on the line, when they're tired? So I help, help student athletes stay in the moment through using mental skills and leaning on my experiences overseas from being exposed to meditation and mindfulness groups, Tai Chi, Qigong, Aikido, I really took the opportunity living abroad to expand my horizons, really immerse myself in the culture and brought some of those things back. And so incorporate that in my trainings as well. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been quite a journey, um, but thank you so much for having me and I appreciate being here. Well, man, I'm, I, you know, you and I, you know, for those audience and the audience don't know, Jason and I have, uh, this is not our first time meeting. We've met each other before, uh, and he is also has um, provided support for our Young Men and Ever Forward Club um, uh, this past summer in our Social Emotional Leadership Academy, and um, even in some other workshops that I've done around the Bay Area, he is, um, uh, he's been there. So today when he first came on, I was in my, I was in my robotic mind. I was like, have you made a mask before? And he's made masks several times. But actually, I don't think we, he and I has ever talked about masks together. He's been in a workshop settings where we do the work. Uh, but today we get a chance to share uh, and reveal our masks together. And so the activity for most of you who have been listening, but even for the new folks, you know, you can make your own mask. You can go to www.100kmasks.com. Uh, it'll be in the show notes and you can make your own mask. And so what he and I are going to do is we both made a mask and now we are going to talk about those masks. So Jason, we, we let our guests always decide who goes first. So uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. So I have first curious, joy, adventurous. So do you want to, you want to tell me about those? Any, any one of those stand out to you as the, uh, um, I guess adventurous. Um, I think that the interesting part about doing these masks is that, you know, they change with time and experience. And, um, and so right now these three came up, were coming up, um, strongest for me and, uh, having you ask this question, reflecting, I just think of adventurous and, um, just the willingness to travel experience new things, as I said, being out in Spain and Taiwan, trying to immerse myself in the culture, you know, taking Tai Chi classes and Aikido classes and 
you know, trying to learn the language. And so just adventurous comes to mind first. All right. Um, all right. So I'll share mine. So in the front, I have a uh, serious, uh, caring and hardworking. And um, a, a new one that I've been really thinking about, you know, I've, I've used serious for pretty much most of the masks that I wear. I think that is a, uh, on the outside, something that I really um, show a lot. I think there's a dance between the serious and normally I write right after serious, I write funny, but this time I wrote caring. And I think, you know, there's this uh, interesting dynamic between somebody who's super serious. Like we often think people serious or not, they're like taking things too serious. And so they may lack some of the funny. And I think I try to always have a balance between serious and funny and it's tough, right? Because the serious may be more intense than the funny is funny. So when people experience you or may experience me, they may experience more of the serious um, and, and then funny, I always try to mix in the funny in there. Right. And I think the one that I've, I haven't written, uh, only recently I started writing, um, was caring. And I think, uh, a man on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, wrote caring and he said caring. I'm like, why have I never written caring? Like, that's really true for me. But why have I never written that? That's something that I try and show. Cause it is actually in this mentoring work, something that's really important to me. So, um, that's the front. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for going first. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. So as you know, that sometimes the, the back is, 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 is different than the front, the things that we don't let people see. So you're, you're first. Uh, how about you want to share some of the back? So with the back, I wrote victim, hyper-rational, intense mm. victim hyper rational intense yeah and i would say again um just the power of these masks that they they change over time or you can you can notice them change and um, recently did a uh, personality test and victim hyper-rational came up as like my top two um, judges of my personality. So like the, your top two ego uh, trippers or, you know, the negativity. And so, um, yeah, just being aware of that. Um I personally have no, hadn't written it down. You know, I saw the results of the report and I read it, but I haven't written it down. So it's, it's hitting differently as I just write it down now for the first time. Um, and then I, and then the last one was tense and I put that one um, just because it's so opposite from adventurous yet as you said, finding that balance between the two and that the two, the front and the back of the mask are often different. And it's, it's finding that balance between the two and recognizing it and, and, and or not recognizing it, but that is, that is the tension. And so that tension that I, that I feel yet wanting to be adventurous and joyful and curious, but having that, these egos, these judges in my, in my head that are saying, no, you're the victim. 
right now. Or no, you're, you're hyper-rational right now. Be logical. Logical is always what wins over empathy. And so it's like working through that and, you know, also just understanding that about myself being that, you know, I teach mental skills and mindfulness and now having the labels to put to some of the feelings that I had that I once did not have before this, this uh, personality and uh, exam, you know, evaluation. So, um, yeah, appreciate this, this exercise and the work that you're doing around, you know, taking off the mask, literally. Yeah, man, thank you for sharing that. Let me show the back and then maybe, maybe then we can dive in to one of them that I'm really interested in. Um, so on the back, let's get an angle. We're going to find, we're going to find a, a magic. T- okay, here we go. Now there it goes. So, I put my fingers over here before, so I kind of smeared it, but I can read it. It says a uh, uh, fear of failure, um, sadness about death, and a brother's mental health. Um, and let me see. There it goes. Yeah. So uh, I think um, it was blurry on purpose, probably, because I think sometimes there's a blur between being able to figure out what are the things that we don't usually let people see. We don't usually talk about. I think for me, uh, I think one I'll speak about for most um, prominently right now is um, my brother's mental health. You know, I have a a brother who has um, schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia. And, you know, I love my brother. Um, He, his decision-making, you know, a lot of the research I've done on my own, just to kind of learn more about what he's going through is that, you know, there's no, there was no cure, right? There's just trying to provide support and tools and resources to help them begin to navigate the world in different ways. And, um, you know, I find myself getting frustrated sometimes with him, like his decision-making. And so, because I really love him and then I'm also frustrated, I find this dance between like, Chanda, you're being too hard on him. You're being like, and I'm like, oh, okay. But then I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. And, oh my goodness. Hold on, sorry. I don't know if you can hear that in the back. I apologize about that. Let me just... Um, no worries, everything all good? Yeah. So one of the things that I recognize is that um, in the journey of like all the things that we don't talk about, we don't process, we don't analyze, like it could be things that actually are constantly playing right in the right in the surface, right? And it could be it could be playing out loud, but it also could be playing just silently behind the surface. So I, you know, anytime um, I meet someone who has, uh, you know, some kind of who, who who appears to have some kind of mental disability or mental challenge or illness, like I I, I empathize a lot, right? I empathize a lot. I um, I try and like you know, I have a big heart for that. It's not just somebody who I can just be like, oh, get out, you know, get out and get on and get out. You know, it's like more like, man, I hope somebody treats my brother kindly or whatever. Um, and, I, and then that's it. That's standing out to me because it was his birthday the other day. Um, was it, it's the 29th. Today's the 31st. So 29, two days ago. And, um, you know, uh, so bro, happy birthday. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Uh, he is uh, sometimes suspended at 12 years old, right? So, like, what what happened is that you know I called in the morning. And he wasn't by. He wasn't near the where he could get a phone. Uh, left a message, 
And he called me back in the evening, like it's Friday evening. I'm getting ready to head out of the office late. And um, he was like, can you bring me some food? And I'm like, and everything in me was like, I already had a vision. Okay, it's like 6 p.m. I'm heading home. I'm so exhausted. It's been a long week. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay, I got to do something for it, right? And then I get to the store, and I'm like, well, what do you want? And then he gives me like 20-item lists. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not gonna happen. This is like, this is not. <laughs> and it's like okay, but it's his birth. And then he's like, and then he does this thing where he's like, "Come on, big brother," right? And I'm like, "Dude, you're 30. What are you talking about? Like, don't don't use that right now. Like, don't." But I also know that, like, what's happening in processing wise is different, and and I have to like keep checking myself. Okay, Shanti, just okay. You just need to. Sometimes. And sometimes I'll decide, no, we're not doing this right now. But because it was also his day, I did my best. And so it was like one of the moments, right? And so, Tom, so I'll get to his place, three bags of stuff. That he, here you go. And then he just grabs it and walks away. And I'm like, and so I'm like, I didn't do it for a thank you. I, I, I didn't do it for, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't the reason I brought him the stuff because I was waiting for him to say thank you, right? It was because of love. But, but it was like that moment of like, like you just you just gonna walk away like, and I really I found myself just getting it like like feeling like, like uh, like a little bit of like. You you're not just gonna walk away from me after I've been in the store for an hour trying to find all these things you're naming that I don't even know what they are right, um so I just named that to say it's one of those things I've been carrying recently just like lately in the last two days, I don't talk about it much but it's it's kind of it's constantly in the background you know, yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate also what I, what I heard loud and clear is that you you see people, and I think that is you know just you know to, that's that's really the essence of the work is taking off the mask so you can actually see and be authentic and and for people to feel like acknowledged and for you to even have that empathy and see people literally um, that have mental health issues, uh, you know that's that's. that's doing the work in, in more ways than one. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh man. Well, you know, you're, you're in this journey too. So just, just in terms of like how you, like, as you look at the back of the mask and as you look at the people you work with, you're working with people to find a way to find, you're working with athletes, right? There, there's a lot of rules around being an athlete. I mean, definitely. I mean, I was never a, 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 until I got to high school, I wasn't an athlete, right? And then I started playing football to high school. I didn't do any of that. But you being an athlete who went to college and had a, you know, this vision of, and as you now work with athletes, being able to talk to them from an athlete's perspective, how do you help them to navigate all the rules of not showing emotions, not being, you know, like in most sports, you know, there are some coaches who let who let their players feel. And I know that a lot of work you do is giving people tools to navigate all the parts of themselves, but how did that come up for you? How did that come about for you? Um, and more so than, you know, I'm not trying to interview you about it. I'm just saying, how, how did that become a part of something that you were passionate about doing for other athletes? Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really came together in parts. Um, I would say I found myself self-awareness, this term called mindfulness, um, just being with yourself, whatever you want to call it, 
meditation, focus, um, being in the zone, flow, all of these things are, are, have very close similarities. And, you know, to, to answer your, your question, um, it takes me back to being in Spain. Um, I was in, not for business school, but I went, you know, maybe five years prior to um, just for my own, just to visit. Um, my girlfriend partner was studying out there, studying flamenco. So I had a lot of time on my own while she was in school. And so that's what I mean by finding myself, self-awareness, mindfulness. Before I even knew what these concepts were, I was out in a new place, new surroundings. I had to be aware of where I was. Mentally, I had to be aware. Physically, I had to be aware. And I found myself just aimlessly walking around the town, just being curious. I was in Sevilla, Spain. And I found myself just, you know, picking up conversation with folks while I'm grabbing lunch, making a left turn here, making a right turn here. Why am I going left? I don't know. It feels right. And I would let that curiosity lead my experience while I was out there. And again, I, I was out there by myself, just being adventurous, exploring. And, you know, I would meet back up with with my girlfriend when she got off of, got out of school. But during that, you know, that eight hour period when she's in class, I have a lot of time to really just figure out what I like in this new place. I'd never been to Spain before. And so what brought me here, it was just having that space to figure out who I was, what I was into. And at the end of the day, you know, getting back on the plane home to the US, I said, you know, I'm gonna go back and focus on something in public health and something in sports. And so I found a, a job in mental health at UC Berkeley at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. And then I also was connected to who I look up to as a mentor, who's the, uh, was, was the head coach of Merritt College um, who brought me on as an assistant, Keenan McMiller. And he's now at Chabot and Hayward. But working in mental health during the day, leaving that job to go coach at the junior college level, meaning physical health, it really combined and integrated this understanding of mental and physical health and what it means to really truly mean a, be a student athlete especially working with junior college students who are looking to matriculate into the four-year university experience. So how do I develop them? Well, they need to be full students. They need to be full athletes. They're at a place where they want to achieve higher, get more success, but they are going to still face some challenges. They're going to face some hurdles. And that's none, other, none unlike anyone else, but they are here to... to uh, find an experience that helps them get to the next step. And so um, understanding that and taking that macro uh, perspective, I realized that the, the rest of the basketball coaches on the team were uh, 
experts in what in their understanding of basketball and as someone that was learning from them as a new assistant coach at this level i found my strength to be around behavioral health and looking at this integration of mental health and physical health and one story that true that really sticks out um, to me last thing i'll share is is you know that first year when i got back and i began working in mental health at the OSHA Lifelong Learning Institute, then going to Merritt College for uh, physical health basketball practice. We made it to the final four of uh, California State Colleges. And when we made it to the final four, we at end that final four game, it was tied at halftime. With two minutes to go, we were down one. And then we ended up losing by 11. And so what that showed me was that we can physically play with this team. But in the heat of the moment, when things are intense, we didn't know how to manage ourselves, not as a collective team. And so right there was where I understood the importance of mental health in athletics and the ability to manage your experience to the point where you can create the condition for you to even access peak performance because we were all playing at the same level as final four elite basketball. So at this point, it's coming down to very small things. And so for me, it was, I wanted to take the approach of behavioral health, integrating and infusing what I had been doing prior to going to practice, which is mental health into the experience of physical health and playing basketball. And thank you for sharing that example. And, and, and I mean, amazing that story, right? Like how we know so many championships are won in seconds, right? In milliseconds and um, one move in the wrong place, one step the wrong way, right? How quickly those things can change. How did your, how did that experience and your experience in Spain, like that you think about as you look back at those stories now with, with, with fresh eyes, how did those experiences that you had both from the sports example and from your your just journeying around on your own like do you as you look back and look at these words that have been brought up to you around um the new the words you said i think you shared was hyper hyper rational hyper rational mm -hmm. and intense or or any one of those words that you recently have discovered did you looking back do you see any of those in that in in those experiences no, not no. at all. Okay. So, so the, the new words that came are, is a new revelation of like of how you, do you agree with those words that showed up in that, whatever, what was the name of the test that you, if you don't mind sharing, what was the name of the, the, uh, the test? It was a PQ test, positive intelligence. Positive intelligence. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll share with folks in the show notes so they can, if they want to go and take that test or learn about it for, for what you learned about yourself in that, is that, was that a new thing or is it something that had been just kind of dormant got you okay um yeah no i don't think these things are new um these have been with me and have been developing dormantly and subconsciously um over time and been you know creative nuanced and based on the different situations i've been in and, and hiding them and them continually to grow because i'm ignoring it at i.e or not knowing what they were by 
knowing that actual label. Um, but I, I answered no, not at all initially thinking that your question was in those experiences walking around Spain in that experience, seeing what in the final four did I experience being the victim or hyper-rational or tense? And I would say, no, I was feeling more curious, more alive, more aware, more in awe um, and more of the front of the mask. Is there anything else that you want to share about uh, the mask experience today compared to the last, I think the last time you made one with me in the room was probably at Academy of Art College or University. Yeah, I think that probably was the last time mm -hmm. we were together. Um, but, you know, I've made dozens of masks and they, they can change from, you know, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. sometimes and sometimes um, similar words pop out. But is there anything else you want to share about the mask um, as we as we wind down? Um, I would just invite folks to to check in and do the mask over time and just see see what changes and see what you notice as as you reflect on maybe the different words that you choose or the different masks that you, you write and see how things develop. For me, um, I think being, having this space to, between when I did the masks with you, um, including having a pandemic and uh, leaning in more on my behavioral health tools and mental skill tools um, has allowed me to, I guess, get more real or more intentional, be more intentional um, with what I'm revealing in on the mask. And so as, as I get more experience and understand and go inward and search inside a little more, I'm able to go deeper and reveal, which allows me to be more transparent and more vulnerable with myself, which I think is, which is a, a huge power of, of this exercise of taking off the mask that you continually go deeper with yourself and you don't have to show this to anyone, but it still allows you to uncover layers of yourself that you may not have been naturally called to do. Yeah. And then those are the those are beautiful words, as we see happening all the time with not only whether we're in middle schoolers or we're talking about seniors. Right. Or senior executives in corporate companies. And so uh, thank you for being here today. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, is there anything that you would like to let people know what you're working on or how they can get in touch with you? The work that you're doing, if there's an athlete out there or there's a parent who's raising an athlete. Uh, what, what are the ways that you are sharing your, your gifts with the world and just let folks know how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, one access point is through Kaiser Permanente. I'm a behavioral health coach. We have classes open to the public for youth and teens, ages 8 to 19, youth 8 to 13, teens 14 and 19, six-week program delivered online. And then I also have my own organization, Village Tribe, where I really believe in the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, but you have to act. And so I say the tribe starts with you. You know, Ashanti, you started ever forward, wouldn't be here without you. And as you said, I'm on this journey with you. So it takes a village, 
but that tribe started with you. And so I appreciate the work that you're doing. People can find me at my village tribe on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Jason Gant. Um, and also uh, my Gmail at my village tribe at gmail.com. Awesome. And we'll put links to all of that in the show notes um, so that you all can be able to find that. Um, I want to say thank you again, Jason. I'm looking forward to what's to come. You know, we've, you know, I have talked several times for transparency for the audience. Like he and Jason and I have talked about how we can at some point uh, work together in some of this work, because I think that for those of you that are out there running organizations, you know that if you have a passion for something and you get stuck in the business part of it, that may not be what your passion was. And um, but in order to run an organization, you have to take care of all the logistics and um, so we're so excited that we get to see you connect and I'm wishing him all the best and wishing I'm saying to you, Jason, I'm saying to the audience, you know, I, I I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, Jason and uh, we're looking forward to our next summer. Uh, this coming, coming summer, we'll be doing our second um, uh, social emotional leadership Academy and I'm um, looking forward to having you there again. So thank you for being here and um, I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for the space platform to share and look forward to things to come. It takes a village. Tribe starts with you. It sure does. And if you want to make a mask out there, remember you can go to 100kmasks.com and all this information will be in the show notes. Um, if you found this inspirational, you found something you learned about yourself, about uh, one of us, just um, um, share this with somebody so that they can also um, learn about what is going on around these masks. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time. If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Um, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Um, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message. Send us a, in the comments below. Let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know if you, how you can, if you can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available. Uh, but we look forward to you being a part of a movement and supporting our work. Uh, please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work uh, that we do in the Million Mask Movement to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.